97.9 The Hill, WCHO, and the UNC Hussman School of Journalism and Media present Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. Sports Focus, dedicated to in-depth examination of issues of overriding importance in the sports world. Each week, we'll discuss problems and look for solutions in professional, collegiate, and amateur sports. From Carroll Hall on the Carolina campus, here's your host, UNC journalism professor, Charlie Tuggle. Welcome to Sports Focus. The topic today, the return of sports to the American landscape. Our guest, Bubba Cunningham, Athletics Director at UNC. So, Bubba, recently a conference call between the commissioners uh, of the major conferences and Vice President Mike Pence. The big news that came out of that was no football before campuses open to students. That I uh, Let's clarify that right off the top. That must mean no football games before students return because you would almost have to have practices starting before students return, correct? Yes, you would. Uh, obviously, you can't have uh, games without practice and you can't uh, start particularly in football without having some kind of a fall camp before that would occur. Um, and I thought that was interesting. Um, quite frankly, I did not realize that the uh, CFP or the commissioners were gonna be a part of that phone call or even participate in a call like that. And, um, you know, so right now, I think there's been some discussion or debate about who's going to make the decision. Um, you know, obviously, institutions are going to make a decision about when their students come back. Conferences will have to make a decision about what does competition look like within our league. Uh, states are going to have a say in how do we open up or reopen our state's economy. You see some discussion between governors and the president and how that's going to work. And then you have the national governing body in the NCAA and their health experts that have a group together. So I think there's been a lot of people expressing an opinion that they have the authority, if you will, following the national discussion on who has the right to say it's okay to go or it's not okay to go. And so I, I think it's going to be a lot of conversation. I think there will be a lot of conversations within the next few weeks and months about what is the appropriate um, decision-making process. Well, one person who I think we can count on having a lot to say is Dr. Anthony Fauci, uh, <laughs> who, who said yesterday that potentially Major League Baseball, NFL, could get started here fairly soon, but without fans. What, um, I know we had to adjust to the new normal, or as some people have called it, the new abnormal, but sports without fans, that just feels weird. It sure does. And I don't know where that's going to go. You know, I did, I was reading some articles uh, between last night and this morning, you know, that right now grocery stores, at least here in, in Chapel Hill, they're 20% of the fire marshal's capacity. So will arenas and will theaters and will uh, restaurants be brought back at a percentage of capacity? And if so, what does that look like? Do you go to general admission seating and you sit with your family, but you have social distancing between other groups that come in together? Um, I, I don't know what it's gonna look like. Will there be a limit on capacity? I do think that 
And I've always, I've scratched my head from the very beginning about specific numbers. You know, it started out at small gatherings were 100, then it seemed to be 25, then it went to 10. And, and I always struggled with that. And I said, well, it, you know, 10 people in a phone booth is a lot different than 10 people in Keenan Stadium. So why is a specific number what we are targeting? Shouldn't it be a percentage of a capacity which allows for separation of individuals. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. And you're right, Dr. Fauci will certainly be at the center of the discussion. There are a lot of health experts that uh, have expressed opinions as well. And um, certainly health and well-being of students and fans will be the driver in the decision-making process. You brought up Keenan Stadium, and I, I have thought about this, not to the depth that you have, I'm sure, but it's like, how would you social distance in Keenan Stadium, right, for a, a college football game? Is it every other row and every third seat on that row, or is it even possible to do something like that? Well, certainly, we'll try to figure it out if that becomes the uh, the challenge. You know, maybe it's so many per section. Maybe, again, as I said, that if you're if you're living in the same household, then it doesn't necessarily have to be every third seat. But if you're a family of four that came together, you should be able to sit together, but maybe the next family would be a couple over. And I don't know what that's going to look like. Everything about the game day experience could be different as we move forward. You know, certainly hand sanitizing stations as you enter your section would be uh, different. The concessions may be different. The restrooms may be different. The entry point may be different. Um, You know, whether there's an app on your phone, whether there's thermometers, things that those heat guns, whatever those things are that are measuring, you know, should you be allowed to go into a mall? You know, there's a lot of countries that are ahead of us uh, from a timing standpoint. And I think we're going to learn a great deal from them and pick up on their best practices. So sports fans, I think, are encouraged. Of course, everyone is concerned about health and safety. You don't want to get yourself sick. You don't want to get your loved ones sick. But, uh, you know, the uh, I sense the country – yearning to get back to something that's closer to normal than than what we have so the nfl draft is going to be on uh virtually yes but it's on pga tour is going to resume in june Uh, bundesliga soccer is going to resume in may Uh, are, are these you think the first steps toward some sort of normalcy i think so you know i do think uh There's people, right, health and safety is the primary driver, but human nature is also a driver here in that we're restless. I I noticed a difference this past weekend in the number of cars that were out on the road. People are are pent up. They want to get back. Some want to get back to work that haven't been to work. Some want to get out of the house. Some want a change of pace. I mean, our, you know, the ADD society that we're in, the the kind of the, the microwave society, all those different terms that we've used, people aren't used to being home, being alone, and doing things on their own. They Their engagement level, their sense of community is built on relationships and being with people. This is very abnormal, and I think people will get tired of it. And I think that's why the the national leaders are so adamant about staying the course and trying to continue to flatten the curve so that we can get the virus behind us, give the specialists time to find the vaccine or the cure so that uh, we can get back to a safe environment that allows for building a sense of community. Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking about the return, a possible return of sports to the American landscape and especially college sports. Our guest is Bubba Cunningham, Athletics Director at UNC. Bubba, in a recent article, uh, your football coach, Mac Brown, was quoted as saying, uh, I hope we can get our players back maybe by the beginning of the first summer session. That's mid-May. That might be a little optimistic. Uh, if not, then by the beginning of the second summer session, which is later in June, uh, are, are you thinking in terms of not specific days, but specific ranges of times that something could be happening? I don't know if I'm thinking of specific dates or ranges. Uh, you know, the campus is closed through the end of June. So um, summer session one is out. And I don't know when that quote was, uh, you know, I don't know when he was asked the question. But um, we're not going to be open for students until at least July. You know, we've been in this shutdown mode for five or six weeks now, four or five. And, you know, uh, Chancellor Guskowitz has said, you know, we'll make a decision in, in late May, early June about July. And so, so many things can change in the next uh, six weeks. We've been in it about six. Things have changed dramatically. So I think we need to be patient on the decision-making. Forecasting out that far, I don't think makes a lot of sense right now because things have changed so, so quickly. Uh, getting students back prior to July is, is not going to happen. Could they come back in July and August? Possibly. But uh, those decisions will be made when we have more information, and more information will come with time. And I know everyone would like to have a firm plan, but right now we just don't have that in front of us. In the interim, uh, student athletes and all students are taking their classes online. They'll be doing that through the summer. Uh, workouts on uh, online or at home and with uh, talking to the nutritionist and all that. So uh, just like on the academic side, trying to be as normal as you can under the circumstances. Yes, you're right. And I'll tell you what, I'll give our faculty an incredible amount of credit um, you know, it would have taken us three years to learn to deliver our educational content online. But boy, when a problem occurred and they said you have 10 days to do it, they have done an incredible job, a masterful job of being able to deliver that. So now the new normal is, okay, we can do this. So given a challenge, I think our people will rise to that challenge. So whatever those challenges are, we seem to be able to overcome it. In addition to the faculty, our academic support program for student athletes, they have traditionally had 1,400 tutor appointments a week in person. They've converted that to 700 online tutor appointments. So providing those services has been something unique, something new, and they've done a great job, and our students have taken to it very, very well. So I'd want to go back to football and ask a, a couple of specific questions. Uh, we talked about Bundesliga or, and, and pro golf. Well, pro golf, you, you can social distance, right? You don't have to be close to anybody else, especially if you don't have fans. Soccer, for the majority of the game, you're spread out all over the field. You're not in close physical contact. Football, especially with the linemen, it's four hours straight of body-to-body -body contact. So uh, uh, I would assume that has to come into the thinking. 
Well, it does. But as you mentioned, Dr. Um, Fauci the other day talked about competition for professional sports. But he also said that what you would do is you would house the team in a hotel and surveil, which I really didn't realize was a word, put them under very close watchful eye to ensure that no one has the virus, no one is infected. And if you have a cloistered group that has minimal contact with others in a very safe environment, then you're not spreading the virus. So so his was a very controlled group. And I think that would be the same with a football game or anything else. So if the participants are healthy and free of the virus, I think that would make a significant difference. Now, I don't think that that's where the challenge becomes with college athletics. These are students that would be on campus sharing those experiences with other students on campus. So when the commissioner said, you know, if there's not going to be other students on campus, we're not going to have athletic competition. So I think that's where the difference between a professional league and a collegiate experience it, it probably is significantly different. All right. So when, I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say when uh, sports returns, you're going to have the challenge of, well, if North Carolina universities open, but Florida universities don't, let's say your first football game is supposed to be against uh, Central Florida, then what? Yeah, that's a great question. And I don't know the answer to that. As we, as we started out earlier in this discussion, you know, who has the authority to, to make those decisions? Could, if the state of North Carolina opened before the state of Florida, could we play Wake Forest, Duke, and NC State just to get ourselves back in some kind of a rhythm? Maybe those would be conference games. Maybe they wouldn't. But I do think you need to have some autonomy to make decisions about how your campus is going to react. We certainly had autonomy in shutting things down. In certain schools shut things down, they're shutting things down over longer periods of time now. So the ability to restart should have that same autonomy, I think, as we move forward. Sports Focus, we'll be right back. You're listening to Sports Focus with Charlie Tuggle. And now back to the show. Welcome back to Sports Focus. We're talking with Bubba Cunningham, the athletics director at UNC, who's facing a myriad of decisions, just like uh, any of the decision makers at UNC and other universities are. And we're talking about the return of sports. And Bubba, I want to jump over to spring sports. First of all, how many seniors are there at UNC who might return for an extra year? Well, this past year, we had uh, 75 seniors on our spring sport teams. We had uh, about 50 of those that were on scholarship, and uh, 25 were walk-ons. And we anticipate uh, between 20 and 30 uh, would want to return uh, for an additional year of competition. And uh, so we're working to, uh, to see if we can make that happen for those student-athletes. Well, that doesn't seem like a major ordeal to deal with that many students, but let me give a little bit of context. Wisconsin, not bringing back spring sports athletes. They're they're done. Uh, Maine and a couple of others, they're bringing them back, but there's no extra money for scholarships. So where uh, where's the thinking at UNC right now between those, what I would call the two extremes? We'll probably be somewhere in between. Um, you know, I do think it was very generous of the NCAA to um, to grant the extra year of eligibility. I think um, it was uh, also generous of them to say that we could spend more money. 
um, and offer those scholarships for student athletes. But you know, that's that's what we're here for. We are. I firmly believe that we are here to provide educational opportunities, and we have the ability to offer scholarships for kids to come to school. And there were a lot of schools, and I, I'm a little bit surprised by the schools that said uh, we're not going to do that. I don't think there's another group of students that anyone is telling them you can't do something. So if there's an academic path, if there's a financial plan, and you allow students to participate in things that they want to do, I, I, I would encourage people to do that. Um, and so I was a little bit surprised, but uh, you know, every school has to make the choices. We get to make our choices. And I do believe that uh, that decision-making should rest with the institution, with the athletic department. And if you can fund it and provide those opportunities, that's wonderful. If you don't feel like you can, then that's a decision that uh, that, that school gets to make. All right, so what is the NC2A Student Assistance Fund and how does that fit into all of this? Well, that, that's a challenge for us. You know, as, as we canceled the NCAA tournament this past year, that had a significant financial impact on the association and then at, to the institutions as well. So typically we receive about three and a half million dollars from the NCAA as, as part of the basketball tournament revenue. This year we were told that we we're gonna receive 1.2 million. So that's $2.3 million loss of income from the NCAA. And a big chunk of that goes to our Student Athlete Assistance Fund, roughly $550,000 a year. And this year, we're only getting $180,000. And so that money allows us to fly kids home if uh, someone, had, someone had died, a parent or grandparent had died. It allows us to buy clothing for students of very significant need. It allows us to do some things that the rules really prohibit, but in extreme circumstances, we can use that fund to provide those benefits to student athletes. And uh, we have about a third of that uh, this year that we were anticipating. So some of the things that we've been able to do to support our students in the past, we're just not going to be able to do it at this point because the student athlete fund is significantly less than we anticipated. All right, so <clears throat> spring sports, we have a little while longer to, to worry about exactly how that's going to work. Football, every day that passes, you're getting closer to some kind of, of decision. I'm not asking you to pull out your crystal ball, but September 4, what do you think? Well, I sure would like to be playing. Uh, you know, college athletics, the economic model is built on college football. Our economic model is pretty well balanced between football and basketball, so we have a little bit of a, a, a better situation than a lot of schools do. Um, you know, if I had to put odds on it, I you know, playing that game on September 4th, I don't know, 30 40% maybe. What does the stadium look like? I don't know. But again, that's all speculation. As I mentioned earlier, you know, we've been at this about six weeks. We have another six weeks before I think decisions about July, August, and September need to be made. And so I'm, I'm patient. I haven't set any dates on anything. You know, I've been getting a lot of emails about different things, and uh, the Stockdale paradox is something that I have referred to a lot in the last few days. You know, the, the, the General Stockdale was so good in captivity because he didn't have false expectations. He said the optimists are the ones who struggled because they'd say, we'll be done by Christmas. So they set these artificial dates, and then when they didn't hit those, they were disappointed. All you can do is deal with the facts that you have in hand, deal with the reality of today, make the best decisions you can, and remain positive. 
And that's what we're trying to do with our coaches. And that's what I'm trying to do, which is, hey, we will be ready to go when we can. And we should be preparing for the day whenever that day is. But don't count on a specific day because you may be disappointed. Bubba, we have only about 30 seconds. How much does this change the funding model of college athletics? Oh, it, it, it completely changes it. Um, just on the television revenue that we have from the ES, from the ACC network, 80% of that revenue is football-driven. So uh, f- football is the primary economic driver of college athletics. So we need to get football and basketball back playing to support our activities. But, uh, again, the most important thing is to remain healthy and safe. And if that means delaying sport activity, then so be it. We need to remain healthy and safe. Delaying, I think we could live with. Uh, Postponing, I'm not sure we could live with that again. (laughs) That does it for this edition of Sports Focus. Thanks to our guest, Bubba Cunningham. Thanks also to producer Laura Field, and as always, thanks to you for listening. Cheers. Thanks to Richard Southall, Mark Nagel, and Deborah Southall at the College Sport Research Institute at the University of South Carolina for their research and guidance and for access to CSRI's international network of sources. Sports Focus is a service of UNC's Hussman School of Journalism and Media.